Hey everybody, welcome to the Natural Medic Adventures Special Edition Podcast 2023, broadcasting from the Cross Timbers Trail on Lake Texoma, Southside, close to, I guess, Gordonville, Texas. I have a familiar guest right here. Howdy everybody, it's Mark from Camping Forge. Mark is back, we're out here on the trail for one night and... We decided we'd do a special edition podcast since we're out here, and we want to talk about backpacking since we're out here backpacking and what constitutes a backpacking trip. So I'll give my kind of end of the deal, and I'll hand it over to Mark and let him talk about it and what he thinks, and we'll go from there. So if that sounds good, please join us. Basically, leaking. It's probably been around for a little over a hundred years as far as a recreational activity. And obviously you're going to need a backpack in order to do this. Back in the day, I can think of some of the pioneers of backpacking. They maybe not celebrated as such, but like John Muir, his crazy self would put a crust of bread on the back of his pack in a bedroll and maybe a few other supplies. He would take his knapsack because back then it was probably just like a canvas, what we would call a backpack, like a, almost like a school backpack these days. And he would take that and he would throw it down in a crevasse or a ravine. And he would try to challenge himself to go down in there and find it. <laughs> These are some stories that I heard about John Muir. And I've read a lot of his writings. And he's definitely an inspiration to me for getting out and enjoying the outdoors and the wilderness. So it doesn't have to be that extreme, though. I would say a backpacking trip to me, like today, we started a little bit late. I was supposed to be meeting Mark over here about 2 o'clock. I got here about a little bit after 3. We got on the trail finally about, four. yeah, about 4 o'clock and hiked in to, normally we stay at 5 Mile Camp, <laughs> but since we started late, it was already occupied by some, some nice ladies and they did, did not want to share it with us. We did our own thing and moved a little bit back to another site, a little bit further back on the trail back towards the trailhead. Here we are right now. We've got a fire going. We've got enough room for him to set up, for Mark to set up his tarp and me to set up my one-person team. We did probably, all, all in all today, we did about two and a half miles. So I really don't think backpacking is limited to miles. If you hiked in a quarter mile, heck, 100 feet, and you had to use your backpack as a primary transportation apparatus or device, to bring in your gear because they call it backpacking because you have the backpack on your back and you're carrying all your stuff inside of said backpack. So ideally all of your gear should fit inside or on that backpack. It really to me doesn't matter how far you go. What matters is the experience. I didn't have but really one night to do this. So I contacted Mark and I said, Hey, you want to go to cross timbers? This is a good halfway point for us to meet. It's only about an hour from his house, and it's about an hour and a half from my house. So why not? The trail is not particularly challenging. It is not exactly a, an easy trail. There are some ups and downs, and there's some rocky areas and sketchy areas where the trail is eroded and stuff like that. You could you could fall down, Mark, <laughs> and that's, that, that kind of thing happens. But overall, really, I think it's the spirit of... Getting out and enjoying the adventure, no matter how long the adventure is, whether the adventure is you know, maybe 100 feet in a primitive campsite in a Texas state park or some other state park system, 
or a couple of miles down a backpacking trail on, on a Corps of Engineers lake in, in, in our case in, in North Texas, just right across the border from Oklahoma. It really doesn't matter what the length of it is, but what matters is the spirit of it and you know how you get there. So that's my take for now. Mark, what, what yeah, do you, what I, do you I, say? I, actually, I'm bur- I'll let you hold it. Oh, sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> I would be more, I think the biggest difference between backpacking and let's say if you were to do like bushcraft, which is a cousin to, to backpacking is the thought behind the trip. So if you were, for example, like I, I do like to do bushcraft or outdoor survival and, uh, and there, when you're doing that, sometimes, for example, one of the things you want to practice, particularly if you were safe, we're going to be talking about John Muir, is what would it have been like to hike around with something like a wool blanket? Now, a wool blanket's very heavy. It's four or five pounds. It's not, if you're a backpacker, you're like, oh, like that's something you don't want to carry. Like, it's just too heavy. Or people shave toothbrushes in half to save four ounces. So you don't want to carry a wool blanket. But in back in the day, they, they that's why they had mules and wagons and sled, sleds and stuff. And so I really think it's really the intent behind the miles is because, for example, yeah, I agree with Craig and that if you were to go just one of the benefits of going, say, at a state park and where you're only a couple hundred yards from your car is we can carry more stuff. And that's also whether you wanted to say, hey, I want to try out what it was like to sleep in a wool blanket before we had sleeping pads and modern sleeping bags. So that's one thing, and because you don't have to carry it very far. The second benefit too is if you if you relax your concept of backpacking, if you if you switch your mind from saying I want to go do ten miles, twenty miles, hundred miles, to hey I want to be able to leverage the fact that if I hike in somewhere, I can see more spots and have more and get away from people. Like you're not in a crowded state park, national park type area. And also you can be more imaginative because where we're at as cross timbers trail is, is on Lake Texoma. And there's spots where the campsites have beach access. So people often sometimes kayak over, but also for example, New Year's, one of my friends organized a trip and we came out here with about 30 people. And he lives nearby, so his friend has a pontoon boat, so that we actually use the pontoon boat to carry in extra supply. Twenty of us hiked in, but we leveraged the pontoon boat to bring a lot of extra supplies, so we had a fun New Year's Eve. So, meaning one, we brought a chainsaw, so because we're you can make campfires down wood here, but you felt well, there's a lot of big logs, you need a saw. Craig's laughing because in the dark, I've misplaced my saw, so we'll find it in the morning. But having a chainsaw is also much better than having a manual saw because we were able to cut pretty much any log we found. Second thing, we brought like tables and brought a lot of food out and had a good time. So again, I think the big thing is about the spirit of adventure and to be able to see things, experience nature in ways we can't when we're just limited to a drive-in campsite. Absolutely, absolutely. (coughs) And I, (coughs) excuse me. And I think just what you were saying, Mark, think about where we came from a hundred years ago when they didn't have modern sleeping bags and they had to carry in a wool blanket and with the canvas knapsack and the, the canvas knapsack by itself, which is made of that heavy material. We would balk at that today because we have material that's so lightweight and expensive, but still we have <clears throat> so much better materials that are so much, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> we're getting all, we're getting all choked up here. This is nostalgia. It's choking us up here. But they didn't have the technology to develop these. Really, let's think about it. Modern masterpieces. We there's backpacks out there today on the market. They cost several hundred dollars just for the backpack itself, but they weigh a pound or so. 
or maybe even less, depending on the configuration and how they're set up. And do you have to have something like that? You don't have to have something like that. Not too long ago, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, with my mom back in August when I went up into the Sangre de Cristos and did some backpacking, and we were scouring around to <coughs> different thrift stores. And we were in a we were in a Goodwill, and I found an old I think it was an Eddie Bauer branded external frame pack, and I think it was meant for scouts because it was a smaller pack. But it harkens me back to my early days of experiencing backpacking as a scout and using those external frame packs and looking back on those and thinking about how primitive those were. And that was just not that long ago. That was back in the 80s and 90s that a majority of people that were backpacking were using those external frame packs. I think this particular model was Eddie Bauer branded, but I think it actually was made by Jansport, which still makes backpacks. I don't think they make backpacking backpacks <coughs> anymore, but back then they did. And, but as we've said, the whole deal about being out here is enjoying the spirit of adventure. It doesn't matter if you have this particular pack I was just talking about. I think I paid like $7 for it at the, do- at the dollar store, or at the thrift store, and uh, did a video about it on my YouTube channel. And would it still work for somebody today? Of course it would. If you just have a book bag laying around and you want to use that to go backpacking, do it. Whatever gets you out there. Because it's all about the adventure and enjoying yourself as you go out. It doesn't really matter what your equipment is. There's a bunch of people on, on YouTube and on the internet that would like to flex on you and talk about how, how cool they are because they shaved off their toothbrush handle and they saved four ounces because they're, they're an ultralighter. And that's fine. That's the way they want to do it. That's the cool thing about backpacking is you don't have to do it a specific certain way. There are, of course, better ways to do things. And, and as you upgrade, your equipment becomes lighter and it becomes more comfortable for you. <clears throat> And that helps you have a better adventure. But you do not have to have the lightest, most high-tech stuff to get out there on the trail. Anything to add on that, Mark? No, I think that's exactly it. Most importantly, just use what you got. Get out there. If it's heavier, you might be a little limited to how many miles you want to go or be able to go comfortably. But just get out there. Exactly. So that's our message for tonight, y'all. Just get out there and enjoy yourself and do it responsibly. Make sure you leave no trace. Make sure that you're following regulations. We were last weekend, we were in North Valley, <coughs> excuse me, we were in Dinosaur Valley State Park on the other side of the Metroplex. And because of their regulations there, we could not have a fire. And <coughs> it was cold, not as cold as it is tonight, which thank God we have ability to have fire. It's going to hit the freezing mark by sometime between now and morning. So we are happy that we have the ability to make fire and gather firewood and actually start fires legally. Um, in the state park system in Texas, at most primitive sites, they don't let you do that because most of them are far away from water and from resources in case a fire did break out. And it damages the landscape as well because people are not very, or let's say people are not always as responsible as they should be when they're, when they're having fires. So anyway, with that in mind, have a great time after you listen to this. I don't know if this is be evening or morning or whenever you're listening to this, but I hope you enjoy that and uh, get out there and enjoy 
nature, okay? Bye.